Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 65 through 72. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was humbled, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The arrogant smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their hearts are fat and gross, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was humbled, so I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. When the rule of Rehoboam was established and he grew strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord, he and all Israel with him. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, because they had been unfaithful to the Lord, King Shishak of Egypt came up against Jerusalem with 1,200 chariots and 60,000 cavalry. A countless army came with him from Egypt, Libyans, Sukkim, and Ethiopians. He took the fortified cities of Judah and came as far as Jerusalem. Then the prophet Shemaiah came to Rehoboam and to the officers of Judah, who had gathered at Jerusalem because of Shishak, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, You abandoned me, so I have abandoned you to the hand of Shishak. Then the officers of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is in the right. When the Lord saw that they had humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they shall be as servants, so that they may know the difference between serving me and serving the kingdoms of other lands. So King Shishak of Egypt came up against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took everything. He also took away the shields of gold that Solomon had made. But King Rehoboam made in place of them shields of bronze and committed them to the hands of the officers of the guard who kept the door of the king's house. Whenever the king went into the house of the Lord, the guard would come along bearing them and would then bring them back to the guard room. Because he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him so as not to destroy them completely. Moreover, conditions were good in Judah. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 21. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings, for it is well with the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by regulations about food which have not benefited those who observe them. We have an altar from which those who officiate in a tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. 
Therefore Jesus also suffered outside the city gate in order to sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp and bear the abuse he endured. For here we have no lasting city. We are looking for the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls and will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with sighing, for that would be harmful to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you very soon. Now may the God of peace, who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, make you complete in everything good, so that you may do his will, working among us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. morning and welcome to the 13th Monday after Pentecost. This morning's readings are from the 119th Psalm, which is very long. We just have a selection of a couple of verses. And then Second Chronicles and Hebrews. Uh, the, the Chronicles reading uh, follows uh, a brief moment in Israel's history in which, well, it is brief, but it happens recurrently. Uh, where they have sinned before the eyes of God, and God uses a foreign nation to overpower them and kind of pour out his wrath. Um, what makes this one unique is that uh, a prophet, Shemaiah, uh, comes to the king and says, look, uh, this is what's going on, and you're fucked. And so the king and his court humble themselves. It's not clear exactly what they do, but they do say that God, God is in the right and that small act spares them the worst of God's wrath. And um, God doesn't completely spare them, but He does say, "Okay, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to screw them over so bad." But um, they will know what it's like to serve the nations instead of Me, if that's what they want. Um, and then in the letter to the Hebrews, uh, it speaks about um, uh, Jesus Christ as the sacrifice of God and making these parallels between the sacrifices in the temple, which are burned outside the city, and Jesus' own sacrifice um, on our behalf uh, outside the city. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a very strong theme. Um, however, today, um, I was debating whether or not to record today. Uh, Laura reminded me that it's Labor Day, and Labor Day is not a... Uh, an Episcopal uh, feast, um, but it is very important to the church, um, and I say in, in America at the very least, but I think uh, worldwide as well. Um, and Labor Day came about through the organizing efforts of people before us many generations ago. Um, there were hard-won battles that um, brought to us today the five-day work week. Um, normal business hours, child labor laws, um, and it um, it may not have begun with the church, but it uh, this organizing did receive 
um, the Catholic Church's blessing, which at the time was uh, much more authoritative in the United States than it was elsewhere. Um, in 1891, uh, so not too long after the Civil War, in 1891, Pope Leo XIII uh, wrote on the condition of labor, the Latin title of it is Rerum Novarum, on the condition of labor. And in it, uh, the Pope speaks about these private societies, uh, their unions, um, and says it's the, it's the natural right of people to be allowed to enter into societies um, and that the state cannot interfere with that. Um, and this, this vote in favor of um, the unions that were organizing was incredibly powerful. Because, I mean, uh, the Holy Roman Empire is clearly dead, but the Catholic Church in particular still held uh, pretty powerful influence over um, the United States uh, politicians as well as elsewhere. So this wasn't just happening in the United States. It was also in uh, Russia and in several of the European states where um, newly democratic societies um, like France, for example, were still sorting out the, the power that they were giving to these new political bodies, these democracies. And uh, at least in the states, uh, the governing authorities were trying to crush unions or helping to crush unions uh, that would benefit uh, commercial you know, uh, companies, uh, commercial bodies who were exerting a lot of power at that time as well. Um, but with Pope Leo uh, XIII and Rerum Novarum, it was the beginning of uh, a, a large number of what are called social encyclicals, many of which were focused on work um, or the body. And this um, very early um, vote of confidence in the labor unions was um, was pivotal uh, to much of their success in developed nations that needed to operate under the guise of, you know, some kind of religious authority. Um, and so Labor Day celebrates the work of these labor unions um, throughout the throughout generations. Uh, I'll say four generations, I, I suppose. Um, and though it isn't a uh, a holy day. Um, in the strictest sense of the word, I think it is uh, a particularly uh, important uh, feast day to remember the sacrifices of those who gave their lives often um, and gave their time and money and energy um, and their talents to uh, give us things that sometimes we neglect or take it for granted, like weekends or um, close of business in the military. Um, and so it's no small feat that they accomplished and the church worked hand in hand with these labor unions to, to bring about more just um, conditions as well as protections for workers. Um, I think that, that the example of the early Catholic social teachings um, can uh, certainly inspire us today to help uh, continually improve the conditions of, of workers and families and those who uh, are taken advantage of by these large corporations. An Avena to St. Joseph the Worker from St. Joseph the Worker Shrine. Joseph, 
patron saint of workers, blending skill with charity, silent carpenter, we praise you. Joining work with honesty, you taught Christ to joy with joy to labor, sharing his nobility. Joseph, close to Christ and Mary, lived with them in poverty, shared with them their home and labor, worked with noble dignity. May we seek God's will as he did, leader of his family. Joseph, inspiration for workers, man of faith and charity, make us honest, humble, faithful, strong with Christ's true liberty. Make our labor and our leisure fruitful to eternity. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. <laughs>